Hello, everyone. You're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. The Azar Foundation for Children of the World is an organization aimed to support women and children in need across the globe. We believe in empowering lives, strengthening minds, and providing programs that enrich health and education. The Azar Foundation was founded in 2003 and has been serving the world ever since. Visit us at our website at www.azarforchildren.org. That's www.azar4children.org to find out more information about our endeavors and join our mailing list. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. The Azar Foundation. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space. There are courses in Raja Yoga Meditation, Positive Thinking, Stress-Free Living, and Personal Development classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. Are you in need of a tech service company that's going to deliver the best solutions for your business? Then at Chanaka is your solutions headquarters. Here we specialize in your individual needs to make sure your business shines. For more information, please call 301 301- 417-0070 or visit us at our website at atchanaka.net at Chanaka, where we deliver for you. Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging, and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you. Regain strength, power, and peace. Take a break. Breathe. Why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center, 518-589-5000. He went without food, not to lose weight, but to help people lose generations of hate. While many around him rose up with violence, he sat down for peace. When others used religion as an excuse for war, he used it to remind them of love. Mahatma Gandhi made the world a far better place by reaching out with the strength he cultivated within his soul. So, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. We're broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum in the nation's capital, and the world continues to awaken to always the most provocative, most sometimes heart-wrenching, sometimes heart-inspiring news of today's times. 
gosh, has the world changed. It's been changing, there's no doubt. Some of us who have been watching the change over a long period of time, we are not as surprised as many others who might have been moving so, so fast that when the love of the tragedy shows up, then we're automatically going like, oh, wow, I can't believe that. You know, we love to have heart-to-heart conversations on the air with you because we believe in trying to bring back a certain kind of a simplicity that's missing in our lives. Simple pleasures like this morning where friends came by at 6.30 in the morning. We sat, we had our meditation class and session and chit-chat. We spiritually connected about the fact that obstacles come because of a weakness in the mind. Then there was another point that emerged that's touched all of our hearts that be fearless by not holding any animosity in your spirit. And a person who holds animosity actually has an element of fear. I was like, wow, hello there. Let me check myself. And that's what I'm asking you, my friends. I love when you tune in. I love the fact that on the smartphones, most of you are listening to our radio show. I'm amazed that you can hear me in 90 countries across our globe. Do you know how humbled we are when we hear that? When we did our annual report, we were shocked. How could that be? 90 countries? I thought we were only an American, like five countries outside. Report came back, 90 countries. And most of you are listening to me and my guests on your smartphone. Steve Jobs, thank you, wherever you might be, in the ethers or back here, playing another part to sustain the Apple industry that you have started. We're glad that you could join us on a day-to-day basis, 24-7. Even if you're in your car, you can tune into us on AHA, Stritter, Spreaker, iTunes, you call it, or even on Blog Talk Radio. And always we're looking to do advertisements so that your stories can be amplified on our air. Stay tuned. We're going to have Cal Fussman, and I bet he doesn't fuss. And we're going to have a heart-to-heart conversation about the arts and so hold on a minute Cal we're going to get to you in just a minute but before we go to Cal I want to do what we do best here on the America Meditating Radio here is the switch meditation CD from The Jewel breathe in Imagine that you're sitting in a control room, looking through your eyes. Allow your body to become very comfortable and still. Now, turn off all the switches in the control room to the body. Turn off the switch to the feet. Switch to the legs. As each switch is turned off, you'll feel that part of the body relax and become very light. Turn off the switch to the stomach and the chest. You feel your breathing slowing down. 
Turn off the electricity to the hands and the arms. And you'll feel all the energy drawing upwards. Turn off the neck. switch to the face until the whole engine of the body has come to a standstill. And now let your mind relax. Be in the present. simple the switch from the jewel meditation cd welcome back everyone you're listening to america meditating radio i'm your host sister jenna we're happy to welcome cal fussman fussman and cal is a new york times best-selling author writer at large for esquire magazine keynote speaker and corporate culture consultant as a highly sought after speaker cal has worked with many companies including pixar Lululemon, and apple music his keynotes and interactive workshops derived from decades of interviewing inspire organizations to take a new look at the fundamental aspects of their business now as a writer for many publications he has transformed oral history into an art form conducting probing interviews with the icons who shaped the last half-century of world history, including Mikhail Gorbachev, or the wonderful Jimmy Carter, Ted Kennedy, Quincy Jones, and much more. Today, we're proud to welcome Cal Fussman to the America Meditating Radio Show. How are you doing? Is that right? Hey, how are you? I feel it for your last name because people are going to kind of think that you just fuss all the time. I'm actually the most flexible guy you will ever meet. There you go, breaking stereotypes. Touche to Cal. All right. (laughs) We're so glad that you could join us this morning, Cal. You know, you have a long history of interviewing prominent leaders. What happened? How did you get started, which kind of made you go into that direction? And did any particular interview really stand out for you? Well, how it started is kind of an interesting question, and it actually goes into a story. It goes back to a day in November 1963 when I was in second grade sitting in Miss Jappy's class. And uh, Miss Jappy left the room, and when she came back, she was whiter than a sheet. The kids wow. had never seen her looking like she did. And she started to talk so calmly that it was almost scary. And she began to tell us that. President Kennedy had just been shot, and we all were sent home, and at home, we found out that the president had died, 
And that night, I went to my kitchen table, and my mom and my dad, they wanted me to sleep okay. They were just nervous that the whole day's events would not be understood because I was only seven years old. So what happened is they said to me, Cal, look, this has happened before. We have a system in place. The vice president steps up and becomes the president. Once the president is no longer able to be in office, and when you wake up tomorrow, everything is going to be fine, just like it was this morning at breakfast. And so they left me, and I just started thinking, this guy, Lyndon B. Johnson, this new president, I bet you he wanted to be the president. Is he happy that he's the president, or is he sad to be president in this way? And maybe he's scared to be president. Maybe he's scared they're going to try and kill him, too. So I pulled out a piece of paper and a pencil, and I wrote, Dear President Johnson, what does it feel like? And I went through all my emotions in this little letter, folded it up in three, stuck it in an envelope, addressed it, President Lyndon B. Johnson, White House, put a stamp on it, sent it off, and uh, didn't think much about it. About five months later, my mom breathlessly came running up the steps of our apartment with her letter in her hand, and it was from the president. And wow. that was the moment that I guess I found out I was an interviewer. Wow. Wow. Don't you love when it happens like by accident, like an accidental truth? Yeah, you know, I, I, I did not send that letter off trying to be Secretary of State. I, there was no ambition in it. I just wanted uh-huh. to know what Lyndon B. Johnson felt like uh, when he took the, the oath of president. And so you never know when these things are coming or why they come, but it came. And from that moment on, I pretty well knew what I was going to do in my life. Wow, that's so beautiful. And you have been doing it so well, Cal, because in the business context, you've said that changing your questions in an interview basically allow you to sometimes understand how that person will affect your company before even hiring them. Tell me how so, because we're about to also bring some interns in here, and I think I'd love to know the right questions to ask them. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because I found that a lot of the strategies, if if I'd call them that, because when I go into an interview, at this point, I'm not really strategizing. I'm kind of like an old uh, grandmother who knows how to cook without looking at the cookbooks. You know, you just mm. put your fingers in the in the salt bowl and pull out a little salt and sprinkle it on. And then when people ask you for the recipe, you say, yeah, you just take a little salt, sprinkle it. Uh, but people want to know, no, 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 how much salt? And where do you put it? And so mm-hmm. one of the things that I would advise people is to go deeper with their questions because a lot of times that I see people coming in with, say, 20 questions and they go question number one, question number two, question number three, and I've found that very rarely does the first question get the answer that you're looking for. Mm. Uh, you, know, you can ask somebody gauge about their work habits, and of course, they'll tell you that they're hardworking. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you just leave it there, then they've told you they're hardworking, but are they really? And right. so the way I would handle it would be to just start asking a series of questions that go deeper. Maybe ask, what's 
the most satisfaction you ever got out of a job or what's the longest you've gone without sleep while you're working on a project of passion or what did your parents do and what did they teach you about work? What's your definition mm-hmm. of hard work? And oh, good. I find that in these follow-up questions, you really start drilling down deep into the window that is the person's soul. Hmm. What an interesting usage of word, soul, the window to the person's soul. And when you look at the word soul for you, Cal, because I'm very much into that, definition of soul for Cal Fussman. (laughs) 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 Laughter, I got it. (laughs) You got it. That's uh... Well, you know, there's a. I, I tell a story. It's a little too long to to tell now. But what what every time I go into an interview, my goal is to try to gently step into somebody's soul, almost the way maybe an actor would try and get into a role. And mm-hmm. you want to do it without leaving any footprints or harming the person. In a way, but you're you're getting into the the place that may the unique fingerprint uh, that is them, and in order to do that, you have to be allowed in the door. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it, I guess it's really the soul is uh, in my mind kind of the the raw essence of a person. It'll it'll come out if you allow the person to be very relaxed. I think it. It will be very hard to get to that place if a person is not relaxed, wary, trying to protect themselves, uh, right. not trusting. Right. You know, Cal, How we're you in get a such very a calm voice. <laughs> years of meditation. No more partying. So, uh, <laughs> um, I think it's safe to say that you and I must be looking at the world with eyes that are so curious about what the future unfolds, like what is it that the future has in store for you, me, and for 10 generations to come after us? You know, can an attitude of curiosity change the way that we relate to ourselves and to others and especially change the way that we might be looking towards what this, you know, next, I don't know, genre of America is going to look like for us or be like for us? That's a great question, and I always mm. some people ask me, "What are you most frightened of?" And mm-hmm. my response is, uh, among a few other things, losing my curiosity because that is where everything springs from in me, and it's where it's what takes me everywhere uh, that I end up going. Uh, so it is sort of my internal spark, kind of pushed pushed back. When you mentioned ten generations, and I'm trying to think, ten generations—what? That's like two hundred years. And you know, you've got futurists, uh, guys like Ray Kurzweil, that are saying, in only twenty-five years from now, we are going to reach a point where man and machine come together. Now, I don't know exactly what that means but it's probably very different uh, what we imagine when we think 10 generations ahead in human life is. And so I'm curious about that, and I'm also a little nervous about it. 
man and machine coming together. I mean, I immediately start to go to Star Wars and also someone who I'm in love with is Elon Musk, you know, the Tesla. I think that's just one of the examples for me. I think when man and machine come together, I think man will be less emotional. That's what I think. And I think the second stage of the emotions, it'll be replaced by a very deep practice or experience or realization of how powerful qualities of like love and purity and sharing are that we don't let the emotions get in the way that separate us so much from you know matter and spirit or man and machine and, and so on I, I don't know this is just thoughts that I'm sharing you know you've had some examples in your life and I'd be curious to find out what your thoughts were regarding examples of questions asked of the head versus the heart you said that when someone's really relaxed you really know that you can get the best from them. And I agree with that. You know, there's a lot more of a safety mechanism going on. But is there anything particular that, you know, kind of comes out for you that you identify when someone's just not in their truthful zone when they're talking with you? And if so, I know you've given me some questions that you've asked them, but have you ever had a very difficult interview and just didn't know what to do with it no matter what you tried? Not really, because what I would do in that situation, if I would see somebody was tense, I would ask them a question that would make them just as curious to find the answer as I would be. For example, mm. why is your best friend your best friend? Now, there's there's nothing in that question that's harmful, and it may make the person really want to search for that answer. And and during that search, respect me, and because I'm I'm bringing that person to a place that they might not have gone before, a place of self-discovery. And so, if I can take people to those places and show that I'm doing it not to hurt them, that tends to open them up. Beautiful, beautiful. What are you known for being a primary writer of the What I Learned? feature for Esquire magazine? Uh, What have I learned from what I've learned? Well, I've done about 400 interviews uh, with everybody from Muhammad Ali to Mikhail Gorbachev. And I think one of the things that I've discovered is that some of these people who are among the most talented, compelling, and powerful people that we're all aware of, is that they tend to all get climbed to heights, then get knocked down, and then rise to greater heights. Mm. Uh, it, it's it's almost part of the fabric of every one of these people. And so it's, it's really very instructive to anybody who's having problems uh, because all the great people work through them, find a way to not only surmount them, but take their lives to a a higher level. Well, it's true. You know, we learn so much from our conversations with each other. And I think that, I don't know about you, Cal, but for me, when I talk to someone, I think I was just either born with it or maybe it just emerged on my journey of life experiences. But I just started to really care, the word curiosity, care and was curious about their moccasins that they've walked in, but just care a lot about when I leave this interaction, I want to leave knowing that I was benevolent in my spirit 
to another child of the divine. I know that for me that has really served me at a personal level. It might be really selfish, but I've noticed that, you know, sometimes others do go away feeling just a little bit better than they were before, you know, us coming together into each other's space. Have you ever felt that too? Well, I, I got. I was really struck when you mentioned the moccasins because mm. I did a, uh, a seminar at Apple Music, uh, mm-hmm. and it was uh, many of the people who were listening were people who go on the air. And one was an interviewer, and she came away uh, with a question uh, uh, about asking her guests about the shoes they were wearing because she thought it was a window into their soul in a certain way. So, you know, it, it really strikes me just by the fact that you mentioned those moccasins uh, that, uh, hey, you should be conducting interviews on the radio. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, the, just the tone of your voice is so important uh, because that is what also makes people feel relaxed. And it's probably why you're able to conduct these interviews so well because, people are just going to feel comfortable and Mm. once they're comfortable they'll open their souls oh that's so sweet that's so sweet what's next for Cal? what's your next big thing for 2017 and beyond apart from smiling like there's no tomorrow (laughs) well I, i do try to keep laughing as much as i can but what's amazing is in the last year i just started to speak uh, for companies oh. and at conferences, and basically all the things that I've learned over the last 20 and 30 years are coming out and are helping people. And I never really got the same response when I was writing magazine stories because you don't see people. You don't see their reaction. Right. And when I see people stand or they hug me afterward, It's just took me to a a great new place. And so it's all about speaking now, or partly about speaking, and I'm loving it. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, congratulations, and I'm so glad that I was a part of your new expression of Cal Fussman. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure just listening to the tone of your voice. Thank you. Where can our listeners find more information about you and your work, Cal? CalFussman.com. Mm, if you're ever in the nation's capital, please come by and visit us at the Meditation Museum. I'd love to be able to participate in fulfilling your vision to talking more to individuals about your beautiful stories. Okay, well, thank you so much, and you have a great day. You too. Bye-bye, Kyle. So what a beautiful interview with a beautiful spirit, a beautiful being. We are not alone. We have a lot of goodness in the world. Let's not give up hope. Sometimes it's just in your voice that can comfort someone. You know, they say in acting that um, if you want to convey an emotion, it has everything to do with the vibe that comes out of your tone and, of course, you know, the expressions of your eyes. But I do believe that your intentions tend to be revealed a lot through the tone of your voice, the the reality if you're coming from a place of worthiness, self-respect, or ego. And we're so in, we're so sensitive to vibrations nowadays that we can just pick up immediately if this is going to be a healthy encounter or a healthy relationship or not. 
Well, I want to thank you all for joining us today. You know how important your connection is with us, as it is for me, and I know for sure. I hope you've enjoyed my talk with Cal Fussman. If you'd like some more information, go to calfussman.com. Find out more about what Cal has been up to. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we are here to love each other the same, even more so and beyond in 2017, folks. So let's make it an incredibly good year. And I'm going to end today's show with between the veils from our very good friend Kristen Hoffman take care everyone all the best Feel the sound.